This is uh, part three of uh, the episodes that I'm doing here from Brussels. And uh, I'm outside on a little balcony I have at my uh, apartment where I'm staying. And you can see back behind a portion of the school where we're teaching. Beautiful day today. There will be some uh, noises that you will hear in the background, maybe some planes and all, but I thought it might be good for you to see outside and on such a beautiful day. We've been talking about church history and different issues that uh, uh, the church has faced over the years. And one of the issues that uh, began almost immediately as the church began, and that was the issue of heresies, of false teaching. Uh, it's not a new thing today. We we see that often, but it happened back in the first century as well. Uh, probably the first uh, thing that Scripture shows us that the church uh, had to deal with was uh, Judaism. And uh, we refer to those that uh, called Judaizers as people that were trying to tell those that were accepting Christ that in order to really be a believer, that you had to follow uh, the Jewish law, follow the Torah, and all of the oral as well as, as written laws. And of course, we know that uh, if you were to look through Paul's teaching, he addresses that a lot and uh, says that that is not true. It's faith through Christ that uh, does that. So that Judaizers were the first uh, to do that. But there are a number of other groups that uh, came out and uh, literally fell into some incredible false uh, teachings. There uh, was a group that called themselves the Ebionites, uh, and they believed in keeping uh, the law, but they also rejected the virgin birth. Uh, they believed that Jesus was a true prophet, but... Uh, that the reason that he was the Messiah was because he lived a righteous life. Uh, and that, just simply as we know from scriptures, is not true. There was a, a movement that really wasn't uh, called uh, uh, by the name that we have it now until the 17th century. And that is, uh, I believe, what we call Gnosticism. Now, Gnosticism, uh, by the way, Henry Moore was a uh, theologian uh, in the 17th century that gave Gnosticism that title. And what it really is is a, a bunch of different uh, beliefs that uh, really put aside a number of, of different things like the virgin birth uh, and all. And they sort of lumped them all together in uh, the idea of Gnosticism. Uh, Gnosticism was, the name is based upon the Greek word gnosis, which uh, means knowledge. And uh, let me just explain it to you very quickly what, uh, what Gnosticism really is. It really, uh, because it's talking about knowledge, uh, the basic idea is that man within our own brain that we should be able with reason and with knowledge be able to prove uh, 
different things and different facts. And our mind is good at doing that, at uh, understanding a lot of things in life. Uh, but there are some things that, that we can't understand and that we can't bring ourselves to that. And one of those is the issue uh, of Christ and uh, the, specifically the idea of God being 100% man and 100% uh, God, uh, deity. And uh, there are those that uh, have come up with a term that they call kenosis, uh, and kenosis basically uh, means the idea of taking something and putting it aside. And when they look at Christ uh, and they say, well, he took his deity when he became man. He took his deity and he set it aside. But scripture does not uh, tell us that at all. It uh, uh, has, uh, you know, that is just not true. So the Gnostics in trying to grab a hold and understand Christ and uh, how he could be deity. And uh, man came up with all kinds of different ideas and thoughts that uh, the idea that some of them have said that Jesus was never ever deity. He was just a man that, uh, uh, you know, that lived a, a holy life. Uh, others said that uh, uh, the deity of Christ was upon Christ when the uh, he was baptized and the dove descended upon him. That that dove was uh, the Holy Spirit in the presence of God coming. And at that moment, uh, Jesus became deity. But as he was on the cross and they nailed him upon the cross, that deity left and Jesus died as a man and not as God. And of course, there are so many things, if we uh, look at that, uh, the key to our salvation is the fact that God uh, bore our sins and paid for them on the cross with his blood because he was a perfect sacrifice. He was a sinless man. And uh, so if you take that deity out of Christ, then you really uh, are throwing away salvation. Now, the big problem uh, with the Gnosticism and with the kenosis and all is that we're trying to use our own uh, logic and all in order to bring understanding uh, to what uh, God has said. And, uh, you know, we, we can't do that uh, because... We just don't understand it, and that is that is so true of that. Now, we have to understand that part of our faith, part of our accepting Christ, uh, has to do with the word faith. Now, the writer of Hebrews uh, gives an explanation of what faith is that I think will really help us maybe to understand this. This is in Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, verses 1 through 3, uh, where the writer of Hebrews says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created 
by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. So the whole creation story, we cannot reason it out. We've tried to do that through a lot of different ways, and uh, we, we simply can't uh, make it all fit together. Evolution uh, is not true, uh, because evolution falls apart. We could go into that, but we won't take the, the time for that today. But the question is asked, you know, well, does Scripture talk uh, about Jesus being 100% man and 100% deity? Well, there is not one verse uh, that says that directly, but there are a number of uh, different verses that when you look at uh, what the Bible says about Christ, that easily brings us to that conclusion. Uh, Jesus in John 8, 58, he said that before Abraham was born, I was, or I am. Uh, in John 1, 1, uh, he says in the beginning, or John wrote, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Then in the 14th verse of that first chapter, it says that the Word became flesh and dwelt among man. And it's speaking of Jesus. Jesus was the Word before, and then he became flesh. Now, one of the uh, greatest proofs, I believe, uh, that is found in Colossians, uh, first chapter starting with verse 15 and going down through 20. Let me read this whole passage because it, it is really awesome. It says that he, and of course Paul is writing about Jesus, and he says, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. <laughs> the fullness of God was pleased to dwell within him. There are another, uh, a number of other scriptures uh, as well that, that uh, teach of this. The virgin birth, talked about in Matthew, the first chapter. Uh, we also see human qualities that Jesus had in Matthew 4 and John 4. It talks about Jesus hungering, thirsting, um, and, uh, uh, you know, being fatigued, being tired. John 19 refers to the fact that he suffered and died for us upon the cross. And then 1 John 1, 1 talks about the fact that he was seen by people physically and that people were able to touch him and that he is God and he truly is God, 100% God, 100% man. So that's important. So we will talk more about this in the coming weeks. Bye-bye.